2: Hello everybody and welcome to Ramble Reacts. Manchester United start the season with a big old win. It's Tuesday 15th of August. I'm Marcus Feller. And I'm Luke Moore. I've realised we may get a knock on the door from the Trade Description Act as i describe described that as a massive win for Manchester United.
0: I don't think the Trade Description acts a person that comes to people's houses, mate. <laughs> I think You'd be very, very unlucky indeed for that to happen. True.
2: I mean, uh, you could argue it was a massive win. Isn't it, it was a big win. It, I, know, think, I think sheet. no, I think
0: you were right the first time. Yeah. It,
2: I'm not a Wolverhampton Wanderers football club fan. I've got nothing against them. I, I'm, I was neutral watching the game. I can't imagine what Wolves fans are feeling. Manchester United won. Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. How on earth did they not even get a point?
0: It's a heist. It's an absolute... Do you know what? The, what really showed how much of a heist it was um, for me was that a couple of minutes from the end, mm. Eric. I saw Eric Ten Hag talking to Harry Maguire, and I saw Harry Maguire um, go outside Old Trafford and get the getaway car ready. <laughs> is that is all? That, is that Maguire is, a getaway driver now? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't choose him. I wouldn't choose him for that. No, um, it was an absolute stripy jumper job, as I'm a I'm a fan of saying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, that's why I think what you said at the top of this had been a massive win is accurate because Manchester United will come in. You know, talk about Wolves fans this morning. The whole everyone associated with Manchester United today will be thinking. Phew, I tell you what, we got out of there with something, and and um, that was that was you know pretty difficult pretty difficult uh, rowing, uh, pretty stormy waters, pretty choppy stuff, and they come out of there with a win, and I think there was a time not that long ago, in fact, from memory, the opening game of last season even, where they get overwhelmed, and they lose the game, this time around, in quite similar circumstances, they've won the game. So, you know, you don't want to read too much into a single game, or a single result, particularly not on the opening weekend of the season, but, I mean... If you're a Man United fan, there you are relieved, but also, of course, absolutely delighted. But what I would say is this: the game ended the way it ended, and what I mean by that is the second half, Wolves were very, very dominant, mm. and they, you know, basically put Man United to the sword. It was a case of you know, if it was a a '90s, you know, electronic pop artist, it'd be everything but the gu- everything but the goal, they wouldn't all... it? But, mm. but, um. In the first half, I actually thought Man United warmed to their task quite nicely. They started to build momentum in the first half towards half time.
2: You're being generous. Yeah, it was came. all
0: uninspiring. I thought half time came at a really uh, annoying time for Manchester United. I thought they grew into the game okay, but they ended the game very, very badly. They were completely second best in the second half. They looked incredibly soft centered in the middle. When you look at the profile of player they had in central midfield, Mason Mount, Bruno Fernandes, Casemiro. That should not be a soft-centred midfield, and it looked like it was. Matthias Cunha was like a hot knife through batter. He was amazing. It was just... I didn't
2: realise, but he is, I think, behind Erling Haaland, the best player in the Premier League. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely astonishing it was, He was super positive very direct and difficult to deal with He was excellent yeah. to watch It was. It, it, he was absolutely
2: different class By the way to back up you, some of the stuff you said about Wolves being dominant Wolves 23 shots in that game last night was the second most in a Premier League game at Old Trafford in recorded history since 2003-2004 yeah. That's what mm. you're dealing with here Wol- I mean it was you just thought to yourself, "Come on, just take one of these chances." And I, I there was, there was mentioned we blocking. I mean, they were, they were camped out in their own area for the last few minutes of the game for crying out loud. But it was so interesting. Wolves looked very dangerous on the break. Mm. Cunha was at the front of the forefront of that. Neto uh, was was causing problems as well. But you saw Cunha. It was a couple of times, and I understood why he made the pass. When he burst forward, but when a player's got that momentum going, when a player is is driving forward and is that dangerous, what you actually want is you want your forward players to to get out the way and drag the defenders apart Definitely. so he can go for it. And and the, to be fair, the other players kind of did that, but he seemed reluctant to want to have a go himself. And it was only really when Huang came on, who thought you know had a few shots himself. That's Wolves' problem over the last few seasons. It's been it's been a while since Wolves were, were kind of free scoring, if you like, um, and they. they it, you can see perhaps with one or two players, maybe it's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll try and put it on a plate to, to to make sure that we score here, and you you look around and there isn't many goals in that team. Um, uh, Sasha, um, is it Kaladz, uh, Kalazic who came on? Yeah. he he was signed what in 2022 last year he got a really bad injury horrific injury away, yeah he's yeah. the only one really if you look at kind of numbers if you're looking just at pure data he's the only one who looks like he could become a bit of a goal scorer for them but he's still kind of um he's still untested really in the premier league he's only got one appearance um, obviously coming back from that injury
0: he's not i mean he's not someone you would cut classes like a real prolific goal scorer we like, no. he one he's basically had one Decent goal scoring season for Stuttgart and the mm. Bundesliga mm. and he's never really replicated that at any kind of level and he's 26 now and he's not even really scored a huge amount of goals at international level either. Mm-hmm. I think he's a basically if you look at the goals he scored for Austria, then pretty much they all came in one year which is the same year he had a really great year for Stuttgart mm-hmm. and other than that it's been fairly slim pickings really. So I'm not slating him, he's had a difficult time of injuries and he looks an interesting player but if you're using him as the reliable goal-scoring one, that probably tells its own, own story because Wolves were the lowest-scoring team in the Premier League last season, yeah. I think. So that's a problem. And and you can see, based on last night, how much of a problem it was because even though, you know, United, I thought, were okay in the first half, they grew grew into it. They were still very sloppy and they still gave up a lot of opportunities and Wolves didn't really look like they were confident in front of goal. And, and 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 that was typified really, by. although Cunha was fantastic, he had that chance where he hit the outside of the post. Yeah. You have to score there. You have to score there. I, I don't think it really matters how incisive you're going to be with your running and your um, counter-attacking football. He's direct, he's positive, he commits defenders. And that's really a great thing, of course. Mm. But if you've got no one to finish that those moves and you can't finish them yourself, it's kind of pointless.
2: Yeah, and I I, I do, I have a slight concern for Wolves. I think because of what happened with Lopetegui not that long ago, I think a lot of people would have been quite concerned for them in general. And perhaps that concern is still there. But after that performance, you think, oh, hang on a minute, they've actually got a bit of quality in there. Yeah. They've got great pace as well. Uh, and so it will be interesting to see how O'Neill sets them up against teams where they're more even on paper, or perhaps he deserves even great better. credit though,
0: Marcus the based well, on well, last I'll night. Tell you what; he, He's only he, been there five
2: minutes. He's been there five minutes and he set them up so well against Manchester mm. United. And like I say, they took that midfield, Manchester United midfield apart in, in the second half. Um, but let's go straight to a, a moment in the game which was a very controversial one. After Wolves were knocking on the door, I thought to myself, oh, brilliant, they're going to get a penalty. Surely, surely um, they're not going to mess this up. How would you describe the incident? I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, you described Manchester United getting three points as a heist. You could describe it as a smash and grab and the smash was very much what Anana did to, um, I forget which Wolves player it was. How that was not given as a penalty, I just do not know.
0: And and is the referee like the referee in WWE? Must be. Where must be. They're distracted by the tag team partner, yeah. uh, and then the other it. one gets the chair out and smashes them over the head. Well, the he smashed the it.
2: VAR over the head as well. Because I mean, like,
0: <laughs> well, the VAR officials definitely had some kind of blow to the head <laughs> for sure. Because that is that is a real issue. And, and believe me, I mean, we're talking, we're not just talking to each other here, we're talking to our, our wonderful listeners, our amazing mm. you know family of ramblers, our listening community. And I want to speak to them directly. When we, and saying, we love all of you. We do. We don't want to talk about VAR. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this bullshit. right? <laughs> Trust it. I know sometimes, you're probably on your way to work at the moment, and you're thinking, oh, please don't do 10 minutes on VAR. We don't want to do 10 <laughs> minutes. We don't want to. Yeah. But if we don't, mm. It's like a dereliction of duty, yeah. but it's on them. It's not on us. And I would say this, if you can... It's really hard to put into words. If you cannot see that that is a penalty, you shouldn't be anywhere near the game, let alone be a ref. You know, I, I think if you were in the who crowd... Have never
2: watched a game of football who would have seen that and gone, cool, Go, that was a bit strong, wasn't it? Surely he's got to be punished there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, someone, um, someone got in touch on X... Um, Some great <laughs> stuff on X at the moment, Marcus. As I'm sure you agree, um, and said that um, it, it would have been a foul mm. in rugby, yeah. <laughs> because in rugby, technically, the tackle you've got to wrap your arms around the player. And I'm desperately trying to find who it was. A great user of X was it? Was um, it Elon Musk himself? It could have been. It, it could have been. And oh, it's old... Ben Stanley. Hello to you, Ben. He says I think it would have even been a foul in rugby because yeah. Anana failed to wrap his arms around the player. Yeah. So. It's a foul in all sports. It's just, it's just, would it have been a foul in tennis? <laughs> yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, I mean, you can't go over the net. And I, I respect Honana <laughs> going in face and chest first. It was brave. But here's the thing here's the thing. You Goalkeepers have a tradition historically of getting away with that kind of stuff. Mm. Like it was never really talked about. I can remember who was who was a particular I'll tell you, Hugo Lloris was quite bad for it. Mm-hmm. Even in his pomp, go in with a fist, yeah. be late, punch a guy on the head, nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if we're talking about kind of protecting players and, and head injuries being a real bad problem, we can't really have goalkeepers punching people in the head. Yeah. And this was an example of that. And here's the thing is, just a final point on this. It shows a couple of things, just two final points I want to make before you, you come in. One is that VAR was designed for specifically this kind of decision, <laughs> right? Overturning of obvious errors, right? That's that's kind of um, point number one. The second point is it shows up the fundamental flaw in how VAR operates, because as you well know, Marcus, if that's given as a penalty on the field, mm-hmm. that's never overturned. Yeah, a VAR's not a VAR officials not overturning that. Yeah. So, it, I'm afraid it depends it, so much on the decision that's given by the referee in the first instance, who yeah. himself clearly feels undermined by the VAR by saying, Oh, the VAR will sort it out, so I haven't got to worry about it.
2: Yeah, Man United fans are going to go, Oh, shut up. But I'm sorry, it goes into that sort of uh, theory, belief, whatever you want to call it, that. They get all the decisions at Old Trafford. Now I know that harks back to the nineties when they were the team at the top, but that, that is just stunning stuff. How uh, you, you know you would say that if that was at the other end of the field, it would be given. But anyway, I don't want to dwell on that too much. I want to say that for the Wolves fans who are really pissed off this morning and listening to this. Who, who yeah. had?
0: Um, sorry, Max. Before you move on, who, who in who among us had um, matched week one? Mm. for the first uh, pgmol apology of the season <laughs> because howard webb his, yeah. his
2: phone is off the hook at the moment well it should be when he turns that back on he wants to put it on on mute because it's gonna get go, it's gonna go crazy
0: a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance Let's not take the piss here. I, I certainly wasn't. Well,
2: I think you are. It's unconvincing, but but they got the win. Now, where do you go from here in in the league season? Um, it, Manchester United will kick on. They surely won't be this poor with 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 the players that they have. And I understand it's it's early days. Bloody bloody blah. Betting in one or two players. Um, Wolves. Where do they go from here? Well, they would take some encouragement. But you still think that they may be looking over their shoulder this season. Some might have them in in a relegation scrap. I don't think they will be in the relegation scrap. I think they'll just be that that little bit in front of it. But where do you see, we start with Manchester United, Luke, where do you see them going from here? Because I think a lot of people have high hopes for Manchester United this season.
0: Yeah, and I think I'll be one of those. I mean, I don't really have any hopes for them. It doesn't really bother me. High predictions or expectations. Yeah, I think think they will. I think there's a platform that they've put in there under Ten Hag, and I think they'll build on it. I don't think you can read it. I always find the first weekend of the season particularly kind of pointless in reading too much into it. To be honest, um, I think, like I said at the start of this, you know, they they lost two one at home to Brighton the first day last season, and they were they were outplayed as well, and they and they and they got beaten. To, to last night, they've been outplayed and they've won. Um, and I think Ten Hag as a kind of manager. It seems to me that when they put in performances like that, he kind of gets amongst them and gets a reaction, and they seem to. They seem to do pretty well um, last season. I think um it's pretty rare. I mean, they they followed up that Brighton game last season with that, that horrendous defeat against Brentford, right? And then everything started to change. And then after that, it took them till May to lose back to back games, right? So they've they've got a they've got a tradition under him, or if you want to call it a tradition, or at least a, t- a trend for bouncing back quite well. Um and then their fixtures after this game. I mean, they they go they go to Spurs um, on Saturday, and I'll, I'll bet that game. So it'd be interesting to see them. And they're at home to Forest, away to Arsenal, and they're at home to Brighton. It's just difficult to say. I mean, it's very competitive at the top of the table. And um, but they, like I said, they've got a platform, won a cup last season, got into the Champions League. They'll they'll feel like they're back in the position they they want to be, which is competing and playing in the Champions League. I just wonder, based on that performance, if you can read a bit into it. You'd want them to get that central midfield balance right because it looked to me like yep. Martinez and Varane were a little bit exposed. They looked very soft centered. Obviously, um, the way Varane celebrated his goal, they knew that they they'd got away with one there. They they couldn't believe their luck, right? Uh, the celebration was massive. Like for a home goal against Wolves, that was a massive celebration because they knew they're up against it. They knew they're getting run ragged. And so maybe it's a real positive thing they got out of it of a win, because all the cliches say that, you know, if you can play that badly and still get a win, you must be doing something okay. Um, but I would say that probably tells you more about the toothlessness of Wolves and the lack of a pointy end than it does about Man United. But we, we shall see. I mean, what do, what do you think?
2: Well, I yeah, I, I uh, if I was a Manchester United fan, I'd be a bit concerned. They've got quality in that squad, there's no doubt about it. And Ten Hag's attention to detail and meticulous planning has been well documented, certainly um, in the last month or two but, or since he's arrived, really. But look at that side who played. You've got the back four that you would probably expect. You've got Casimir in front of them. And then you have uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes and, and Mason Mount are in there. And you've got Garnacho, Rashford and Anthony up top. Now, Christian Eriksen came on. But um, and Martial was an unused sub. Um, Sancho came on, uh, and McTominay came on for the last couple of minutes. McTominay still could move. Um, I believe West Ham are still interested, but I'll I'll leave that there. If they Casemira's going to be exhausted, come the end of this <laughs> He's spent season, his whole
0: career like that isn't he? It, well, he, <laughs> he, he, he
2: loves it. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, he was. When you're playing with Tony Cruz and Luca Luka Modric, you are going to have a lot of rest now and then. You know, give the yeah, ball can, to yeah, old Modders, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's and you and you're going to be um, you probably won't see it, the ball or any danger for for a good few minutes. It, I, and I think Gary O'Neill would have looked at that midfield and thought they're soft. Like they've got Bruno Fernandes doesn't want to be tracking back; he wants to be going forward and getting on the score sheet. Mason Mount is an attacking player. Some people would say his best position was maybe out on one of the flanks. Perhaps not. I think he can. I think he can operate um, in, in the centre and, and, and out wide pretty well, or, or doing both jobs. But I think that that they could be overrun, and I think other teams will see this. I mean, imagine if that
0: was against say a Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? They'd have been absolutely destroyed. I mean, they were playing against the team, the least potent team in the league. Yeah, exactly. Season, exactly, right? so what I'm saying. Any other team apart from maybe the promoted sides and yeah. one or two others are going to have a field day there. Totally, for sure. You know, and 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 here's something I, I find what I find quite interesting about Man United. If you're going to go down that road, that kind of conversation around them, and look at the team they started the game with for an opening day of the season, like, I mean. Is it that inspiring after the money they spent and after the, club, the size of the club they are? They are starting a game with Garnacho, who okay is a prospect, and um, who um, you know is an exciting young player, I suppose. He's got a lot of potential. He's only nineteen, but him and Anthony on each flank. Now, I know Anthony costs a lot of money. But he's probably the most predictable attacking player you know, may not have ever had. Um, at one point, he went. He went, actually went down the. He actually went down the outside and tried to cross with his right foot, and it was comical. <laughs> Like for a player who's called cost that much money playing for Man United, like honestly, it was a proper like Sunday league swinger of a fucking weak foot. <laughs> uh, so I, I think if I was United and I and I and I a United fan, I think about, you know, the 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 tradition of attacking football, the amount of money they spend on attacking players, and you're starting the season with um Garnaccio and Anthony, is it a bit disappointing? I'd say mm-hmm. probably because I know they've got players out injured and I know that Hoyland will come in when he's fit. I know that perhaps it's not worked out for Sancho. I personally think Mason Mount's best position is as an attacking field player 10 mm. behind a striker. That's for me is his best position. I think if he plays out wide, he mm. can't drift in and out of games a week. But bit. he's not
2: really going to get that position with Bruno Fernandes in the side. There sure. was probably step on each no, other's toes, I'm, you know.
0: Well, Marcus, you'll be unsurprised to hear that I wasn't consulted when they decided to sign him. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying and that's I my sign issue. him, I'm just saying his his best position is probably, in my view, that position. And yeah. Fernandes is always going to play there, of course.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, look Rasmus Hoyland is, was, was a lot of money and he's and he's a prospect. I, to, to For him to come in and score 20-plus goals a season, he could do it, but it's still a big ask as well. Um. Um. Uh, you know, he'll be he'll be back in there. So he was seen in director's box with Johnny Evans and Tom Heaton, by the way, which is quite nice. And I tell you something: if you're going, if you're going, if you're going to watch a Man United game with two Man United players, I think you you definitely pick um you definitely pick Tom Heaton, Luke Moore. You know, I'm a big fan of him. I
0: think I know I do know you're a big fan. Of that and, I, and I and I think um speaking of goalkeepers, I think apart from the penalty thing, which is just an error, a judgment error from error mm. of judgment from Manana I thought he was excellent apart from that made some great saves I can see why United won him I think he's a great goalkeeper I think he'll have a good season uh, I think I suppose my, the answer to my own question about the wide players is just that when Hoyland comes in his fit and his fit I suppose they're going to put Rashford on one of those flanks and, um, and Hoyland will play through the middle and then they'll look a little bit better mm. um, but yeah midfield's a concern um, I thought yeah, well, like I said, I thought walls were good. I thought they were dynamic. I thought the fact that Gary O'Neill can get so many good ideas across in such a short amount of time is um, is a you know a compelling argument as an audition for him to be the coach and the reason they hired him. I think I think you know well. Luke, i remains to be seen see how they will get on, but I mean, so far so good, right? I'm
2: going to butt in there and say that you say it's you know good audition and all that to be the coach. I mean, he's already got the job, so he doesn't need to audition for it. But perhaps he's auditioning for something bigger because we have got a, a tweet, an X, if you will, uh, from Nicholas. Who yeah. says uh, Gary O'Neill is leading us to World Cup glory in 2026 in the US of A, baby? I tell you what, You should who say, Nicholas. It watched... is hope being hosted in Canada and Mexico as well.
0: Yeah, come on, a bit of respect for the uh, for America's hat and America's beard. <laughs> um <laughs> um as someone who grew up watching Gary O'Neill from the front end um, mm. at Portsmouth, is one of my favourite midfield players. He was very popular down there, and I, I was sad that he moved on. But that is the old, the old Wheeler and Dealer for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, it'd be amazing to see him manage England. Imagine that. I think it's a pretty of <laughs> a long shot to be honest.
2: It, yeah, I think I think it's early days, it, it's safe to say. Um uh David Coates, or in the spirit of Wolves, perhaps David Coates, um, said that Wolves <laughs> were brilliant, but then went all Frank Spencer in front of goal, United with another lucky win. I mean look, Wolves, yeah, it is the old thing then with them with not being able to put the ball in the box. But like I say, I think if you're a Wolves fan, having Changed manager. We spoke about O'Neill's appointment, um, and you know I was certainly one that that, that said it was a little bit uninspiring, perhaps. But I wish him all the best because he, you know, he he cuts a fine figure, and he's one of your favourite ever players, Luke. So he's he'll always be welcome at my table. Um, kind of you. Yeah,
0: like, um, people will be surprised at how kind you're being there, given how mean you were to me yesterday. But thank you very much. <laughs> you pulled it round.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, from tough love to kind love.
0: I'm not sure if he want to come to your house for dinner. Would he? Uh, a bit weird.
2: Not at the moment with two very small kids. But yeah, um, it, it, yeah. where was I going with this? Garanil. Yes. I, so I think I think basically the long and short of it is Wolves fans, I'm sure, were probably a bit concerned before a ball was kicked this season after the match last night okay it's 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 nil pois, but i think they'll be much more encouraged by that um but it's all about getting the ball um in the back of the net um did you find it strange that um adama triore left wolverhampton wanderers i mean not one for getting on the score sheet admittedly but that was he's joined fulham on a free transfer of course and uh, yeah well how he, do you
0: feel about it as a, as a fulham guy I'm
2: I'm quite happy about it. I enjoyed the way they announced it. Um, they just posted a photo of uh, a little bottle of Johnson's baby, Oil on the wooden seats at Craven Cottage, as we know he likes the oil. Like, if you see, could be interpreted
0: a number of ways, couldn't it? it could... <laughs> yeah,
2: we're particularly excited about this one. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a beautiful boy. Uh, do you know what I, I saw? Troy. It's, it's always best to see him um, under the lights because you really get the shine off his yeah. skin of the uh, of the baby oil. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think it's a decent signing for Fulham. I, I I do, but people always say, "Oh, but look at his numbers. He's not, you know, this, that, and the other." I think he's, I think he's a threat. I think he's good. But I was just supposed to slightly surprised that he, he left Wolves, but obviously um wanting a
0: wanted a different challenge. Yeah, I think uh, to me his career seems like an endless supply of managers that think they can get a tune out of him, right? Yeah, and he was at Wolves for a long old time. He had that kind of random um, loan spill at Barcelona, didn't he? Where he didn't really. Contribute a huge amount from what, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously started his career out of Barcelona as well. Went from kind of just quite a slight figure to a massive pump up. Um, and loves carrying the ball at his feet. But I think, you know, the end product thing is a real is a real concern. I mean, he's, he's, he's whatever he is now, 26, 27, I think mm-hmm. he might be now. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just a case that Marco Silva will go, right, he's devastating with the ball at his feet. He can come on late in games and really stretch a team. But I think there does come a point where you're starting to question the end product more, you know, and I think fairly so. But then, on the other hand, he seems like he's got all the tools. And I think he wouldn't be a massive surprise if he started to add assists and goals to his game. And all of a sudden, if he does that, which I appreciate is probably the hardest thing to do in football. But mm-hmm. if he was to suddenly start doing that, I mean, that's a devastating, a devastating signing for for Fulham. For for and it's probably worth them taking a punt on it because it's free, right? I mean, yeah, more bodies in there. They thought they were going to lose William. whatever they had? Did they lose William in the end? Yeah, no,
2: he's there. He is there. He's there but for now.
0: So. so it's just extra cover, I suppose, in those wide areas. And I think the fans—he's a kind of player fans love because he's so fucking fast yeah. and so exciting when he gets the ball. Um, it just de- depends how often you're um, you're prepared to let him fucking spill your Bovril when he puts a cross in.
2: Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, he'll link up with uh, Raúl Jiménez. I mean, I think it's good for Fulham because they they lost Manor Solomon, who uh, who who did pretty well, and Dan James Daniel James went back to Leeds. So, I mean, Daniel James scored three goals in twenty-three appearances for Fulham. he would say he was an upgrade on that.
0: It's he? remarkable, though, that Wolves managed to be quite that profligate against May United and didn't even have Adam playing. <laughs> like, you, you think to yourself, that could have been that could have been more wasteful actually if they'd picked Atouro. <laughs> I
2: I, which is I'm, remarkable. The thing I about. am gutted, and I'm, as I say, I've I've never even nearly been a Wolves fan before, and I cannot believe. It. But anyway, we must move on. um mentioned very briefly Scott McTominay and may have even mentioned Harry Maguire for some reason earlier there's there's still little bits and pieces of are they going to go to West Ham or not I really want Maguire to go just please leave that club Harry they're disrespecting you for crying out loud but while we're on the subject of Manchester United and now West Ham Luke Moore former Manchester United midfielder Jesse Lingard is apparently back in training at West Ham, and there are very faint rumours that he might be offered a contract. Come on, very faint rumours. Bloody which come is all on! You,
0: need. You, you are you are the faint rumour.
2: <laughs> it's I tell you what, like Lingard in a West Ham shirt, it's some of the finest Barclays we've ever seen.
0: It's it, I tell you what, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with that straight away. <laughs> but do you it was remember good. the saga? of Lingard signing for Forrest. Yeah. right? Uh. Right. It was It was an absolute saga, mm. right? He, he. Was he go? Was he not going to go? Was he going to stay at West Ham after that amazing loan spell? What was going to happen? He eventually signs for Forrest on a one-year deal, yeah. becomes their highest paid player and then does the square root of absolutely fuck all <laughs> and everyone forgets about him instantly apart from you who's still got a tiny candle Look. for him being held up that's not quite been extinguished yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I should say that um, uh, he before he started training at West Ham, he was apparently training with Inter Miami as well. So he could just be doing the rounds. Do you know what I mean? He's, <laughs> he's, he's just he just basically, this is his idea of
0: a gym membership. And and I, that is the most Jesse have thing. In- well, the big complaint from West Ham fans yeah. has been that they've obviously got a lot of money in mm. and they've not really spent it on anyone. Wow. Um, and they pulled in um, Edson Alvarez didn't they from Ajax and now they've pulled in Ward-Prowse mm. um, uh, which is another kind of terrible prediction by me by the way uh, which has gone under <laughs> the radar I've had so many bad shouts recently yeah. that people have forgotten about the Ward-Prowse well I was expecting to get that today uh, yesterday so on the ramble but I didn't get it I said he ain't got the nuts to move from Southampton Yeah, bang 30 mil Bigger back to the Premier to League
2: yeah, yeah, I, he's my tip now for uh, Premier League Player of the Season. Oh, good.
0: Well, listen, I, I don't know. I don't know. West Ham fans will Will probably be a little on one hand quite uninspired if, if Lingard was to go there. But at the same time, he had, he had a lovely time, didn't
2: he? Oh, he? literally, get the band back together. He was like
0: an absolute unplayable at was, times for West he, Ham.
2: He, he was. He nearly got a call up for the Euros. That's how good he was. Yeah, because of people like you. No, because of people on the
0: stump, speaker's corner. <laughs> Screaming about him.
2: You can find me there every Sunday afternoon.
0: You like, you like, you like um, those kids who just absolutely love KSI and Logan Paul. I am not but like them. You're, you're. Instead of drinking a bottle of Prime, you're, you're wearing Jesse Lingard. You're J Ling's cap. Dreadful way to end the show. I man. saw, I saw someone on the tube not that long ago with a J Ling's baseball cap on. Oh, that's all right. Don't mind that. <laughs> it wasn't you, and it wasn't J Ling's himself. So I saw, no, a blo-
2: I saw a bloke on the London Underground today wearing a childish Gambino t-shirt. And Dalton. I nearly, I nearly sort of said to him, "Oi, do you think he should have been opening the World Cup as well?" <laughs> but he had his earphones on and he was like miming away to himself. And I thought, hey, he,
0: "Dawson's got such up. a track, like a checkered past with music." And I ever tell you that once um, I was talking about this on the Luca Picture the other day. He asked me to DJ with him, and he said, "Don't bother bringing any of your own music. Um, you can use some of my CDs." And in his CD collection, he had like a load of lost profit CDs. Oh no! I know! I know! You're gonna DJ them, are you? You're gonna play on. that out, are you? Y- you have a go at me for yeah. for
2: for quoting the um, the USA for Africa <laughs> gang. Who wrote it? In in it, uh, it was Lionel Richie and, and he co-wrote it with a, another famous pop star. <laughs> um, and then and you bring that up on this this round—that is despicable.
0: People can't see this because it's a podcast, but I don't think you should be doing those um, that oh, off while you're making that point. Right, we're leaving now. Uh, <laughs>
2: You have disgraced yourself and your entire <laughs> your your entire neighbourhood, right? Thank you very much for listening to today's uh, ramble. Who's we'll been be...
0: more disgraceful, me or Man United? <laughs> well, to be Tough fair,
2: <laughs> to be fair, even with that referencing that band, I think it's still Man United. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of uh, the football ramble. In the meantime, find us on X. Um, or or Twitter as some people still call it Uh, x.com forward slash
0: Football Ramble
2: (laughs) he was the only person in that meeting wasn't it the old musketeer (laughs) Uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and YouTube at Football Ramble and remember to subscribe on your podcast app there we are everybody Man United are up and running but I would argue so are Wolves because they should be given a bonus point or something for that Gary O'Neill come on son England 2026 it's all yours Um, thank you very much
0: Luke Moore I'm disappointed with that final closing statement, man. I'll be totally honest with you. But yeah, goodbye. Thanks you for listening. you always
2: got to think about the bigger picture. And, yeah. in, and England is the bigger picture. Uh, lots you of you love. Later. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: The Football Ramble is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
0: only from
2: rustolium